Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Are you a coach of color who coaches across lines of racial difference? Or are you someone who supports coaches who do? If so, today's episode is for you. Now, if you didn't join us last week or the week before, then you should know that we are in week three of a seven-week series in which I am answering listener questions, questions that were sent to us by our friends of the podcast. Each question might sound a little different from the others, but they all share a common theme, which is that the askers of these questions are trying to figure out how to create strong connections with their clients in circumstances that are less than ideal. And so all of these episodes will help you strengthen relationships and also improve your coaching and leadership practices. Now, in each of these episodes, you get more than just my response to the question that was asked. Anytime anyone asks me a question, I know that there is a question behind the question. And so before I answer the question that was asked to me, I seek to learn more. This is actually a critical coaching skill, and I'm modeling that in each episode. So in just a minute, you'll see what I mean by this. Doing this, listening to the question behind the question and responding to that, helps you connect more deeply with the asker and also invites that asker to tap into their wisdom and their self-awareness. Okay, so the question I'm responding to this week is, what tips do you have for coaching across lines of racial difference when you are a coach of color? Well, this question is close to my heart, given that I identify as Latina and I have coached lots of people who do not share my racial identity. So I do have tips and you're gonna get to hear those as well. But really quickly before we kick things off, I do wanna thank friend of the podcast, Edna V. Thank you, Edna, for supporting us and helping us make this show not only possible, but ad free. And for any of you listeners who wanna learn more about becoming a friend of the show, click on the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get into this episode. So when I am asked this question, one of the things that I often hear below the question or behind the question is the experience or the feelings of loneliness or isolation. Coaches of color are often some of the only ones in their school or in their district, perhaps, or network, and often They don't have peers to debrief with, to learn from, to talk about issues with that are so important to us, like our identities. And so this is actually why in our Coaching for Equity workshops, we incorporate racial affinity groups because this need that coaches of color have to be able to process the things that come up and ask each other questions, digest them, and hear from other coaches of color. It's real, and it's one that I rarely see addressed. So when I'm doing a workshop and I get this question, one of the first things I say in response is, before I give you my tips, tell me about what your experience has been like. 
because I want to see if there's an opportunity to know the person who's asking me this question a little bit more and to actually help them think about what they already know about how to deal with this situation. And maybe they just haven't yet recognized it as this is a tip for coaching across lines of racial difference. So that's where I start, because I know that everyone has a lot of wisdom and knowledge within them. And as a facilitator of a learning space or coach, a big part of my job is helping people access their inner knowledge and inner wisdom. So I encourage you to try that next time you're asked a question before you respond Ask the asker to share a little bit more about where the question is coming from or what they're hoping to learn. Or you might even ask them, what are the feelings connected to this question? Okay, so assuming that when I am asked this question about coaching across lines of difference and I ask perhaps a question in response, but assuming they want my answer, then I pivot and I share my perspective like I'm going to do now. The first tip I share is hopefully something that is going to start sounding familiar to all of you who read my work, who listen to me, which is start with yourself. This is a central belief for a transformational coach. We have to start with ourselves. We have to cultivate awareness of what comes up for us about coaching across lines of racial difference. So what comes up? around having relationships or just experiences with folks who don't share your racial identity markers. What comes up for you around those differences when there's a power dynamic in a context that is professional or even that's personal? So we start here because we all bring our past experiences into the present. And sometimes we do that with consciousness and awareness. And a lot of times we do that without consciousness or awareness. So when challenges come up for me around coaching across lines of racial difference, one of the first things that I do is reflect on my life experiences or just recall all the reflection that I have done. So here's the thing. If you're coaching someone else, then there is an assumption, formal or informal, that you have more knowledge, skill, expertise, and therefore that you have more positional authority. Now that might be true in some organizations or it might not. If you are a TSA and you have the same sort of status as a teacher, in some ways it's not, but it also is. So if you're a coach, often your knowledge or expertise has been elevated. The assumption is you've had more years of experience, you know more. So this is complex and nuanced when we start looking at intersectionality. For example, there was a period of time when I was coaching principals. Now, I had never been a principal. At that point, I was in my 40s. As I said, I identify as Latina, as a woman, and I coached a number of white male leaders who were decades older than me. So it was complicated in terms of where the power lay and the assumptions about who had power. And this really gave me an insight into an awareness of power dynamics, which is really critical because what's at play here is on a macro level as well as a micro level, 
interpersonally, there are power dynamics at play. Perhaps, again, you're in a position of perceived power as the coach of teachers. And yet, let's say you're coaching a chemistry teacher who's been coaching for decades longer than you, who does not share your racial identity markers, and who might have identity markers from the dominant culture. So this gets really complicated. And that's why the first tip is to cultivate awareness. And here's why this works. Cultivating awareness gives you perspective. It takes you out of some of the intensity and the discomfort of the situation. It's almost like by cultivating awareness, you elevate over your situation. Like you're in an airplane, 10,000 feet above the earth, and you're looking down and you're able to say like, ah, that's at play and this is at play and so is that. Gives you a little distance and it can make it feel less personal. So now... Situations like the one I'm talking about, coaching across lines of difference, that is both personal and it isn't personal. That's another complicated nuance to explore. What is personal? What isn't personal? The parts that feel personal have a whole lot to do with what I referenced in terms of both your past and current experiences as well as not sharing identity markers that are reflected in dominant culture, or maybe sharing some of them, but not others. So cultivate awareness, cultivate awareness, cultivate awareness. That allows you to feel the feelings, feel the pain, feel the discomfort, feel the anger, and really learn how to feel them. So many of us think we're feeling feelings, but we're thinking our feelings. We intellectualize our emotions. And that's a coping mechanism. It creates some distance from the discomfort and coping mechanisms do help us. And they are also limited because sometimes they don't allow us to fully process and release the emotions. So fully processing and releasing emotions is essential. And that's hard because when you've got like a whole pile of emotions and they're connected to other things that have happened in your life, then it might feel like in order to process the emotions, you have to unravel this huge ball of yarn. But start pulling on it and see what's there. And it's much easier to do this work of processing and releasing emotions in others and in community. So this is my second tip. Find your community and prioritize learning from and with other coaches of color. We all need community, but coaches of color and leaders of color need our own spaces and our own communities where we can connect with others who are positioned to understand our lived experiences. We need that kind of peer space. I should also say I'm a huge fan of coaches having coaches. And for coaches having therapists, I know that can be really hard. I know it's complicated. I know that if you are a person of color, it can feel really hard to find a therapist whom you trust, who is competent, who you can afford. But it's important to acknowledge that most of us who are people of color have a lot of stuff that we deserve to explore and to unpack. Just being a person of color in this world is inherently an experience that can be traumatic for many of us. I am also fully aware that sometimes you may not be able to find that incredible therapist of color available to you. 
you may not have a community of color, of coaches of color whom you can lean into. And if you're not in one of those situations, I have a book to recommend to you. And while books may not replace human connection, they can help us. So my recommendation is The Myth of Normal, Trauma, Illness, and Healing in a Toxic Culture. And it's one of the most powerful books that I have read in recent years. It's written by Dr. Gabor Mate, and this is just an incredibly brilliant and essential book to understand being a human being. Like I, It just is incredible. So one of the things that I appreciate so much about Dr. Mate's work is that he contextualizes trauma within a sociopolitical framework. So basically, like, the world is what's wrong. The amount of suffering and the systems of oppression are what's wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. Your response actually makes a lot of sense. That's what he says, and a whole lot more. So check out that book if you're interested in this topic. And I kind of went on a little tangent here, but what I hope you're hearing is that the normalizing of pain and the suffering and the discomfort that can arise when you are coaching across lines of racial difference deserve attention. So tips are important, and I'm going to share a few more, but more than anything, I just want to keep pointing to this larger picture and honoring the context in which the question is asked so that these tips are contextualized within this bigger, very problematic world that we live in. Okay, so here's my third tip. Name the difference. If you're coaching someone and something comes up for you that you know is influenced by identity, and really everything is influenced by identities, but let's say this is something that you're even more aware of than normal, you can say something like, I want to debrief what happened in your classroom yesterday. And I want to acknowledge that the way I'm viewing this situation is informed by my racial identity markers. So as a Latina, my lens is different in some ways than yours as a white woman because of my lived experiences. So I just want to name that. When you name things, it sort of takes the charge out of this sense of taboo, because there's a lot of times when everyone is aware that there's a racial difference and it feels like an elephant in the room and we dance around it. We don't say it. So just naming it sort of normalizes that. Yeah, we talk about this. This is a difference. It's normal. There's a lot more to say about this. There's a lot to say about how you situate yourself personally and how and when you bring in your personal experiences. But sometimes just saying, I see things differently. It's not better or worse, but I want to acknowledge that our identities have an influence. Sometimes that's all you need to say. Expanding awareness of the reality of multiple experiences and ways of seeing the world is almost always helpful. So I have a final tip to share with you to honor the additional demands of coaching across lines of racial difference. So as I write about in my book, Coaching for Equity, it can be incredibly meaningful and satisfying to coach across lines of difference. It can feel really good and it can take a lot out of you. It adds an additional layer to your work, one that requires emotional and 
mental labor above and beyond what coaching already requires. Working through your own stuff, responding when activated, and continuing to show up as a compassionate and curious coach while you're navigating systemic racism is a lot to process and hold. So give yourself some grace. Acknowledge that you are doing a lot of work and that you're human and you deserve a community and support and outlets and strategies to boost your resilience. You have to prioritize yourself. If you're choosing to coach, you need to honor your needs. And I think I'm going to leave it there for today because that was a lot. But if you want more tips, check out Coaching for Equity. And if you want to learn in a supportive community, join our upcoming Coaching for Equity workshop where you'll have the opportunity, if you want, to learn in racial affinity groups. Okay, folks, thanks so much for listening. One final plea. If you enjoyed this show and if you enjoyed this episode, could you take a minute or two to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts? And if you are interested in becoming part of my inner circle and accessing more community support, then consider becoming a Bright Morning member. Check out the show notes for more on the all-inclusive membership. And it also gives you the opportunity to ask me a question every month and receive the personalized answer. Okay, I want to thank Leslie Bickford, who's the podcast producer and Stacey Goodman, who is the sound engineer. I'll see you next week.